Hello, and welcome once again to another edition of TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission, where we take an in-depth look at the artists who God has chosen to use their gift to glorify Him, stories behind their music, and, of course, how the Lord has been with them in the process. Our guest is an anointed singer-composer who uses a variation of styles to proclaim her love for the Lord. And her name is Kate Conley. This is Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and that spirit-filled voice comes from the daughter of our pastor, Carter Conlon. Let's welcome Times Square Church's own Kate Conlon. Kate, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Let's start off with some stats, Kate. Okay. Uh, know you're married. Yes. How long? Uh, two and a half years now. Sure. Yes, I think so. <laughs> okay. I had to think about that one when yeah, you asked me Yeah, I know. We before. talked earlier. You weren't <laughs> sure about it. Um, uh, any children? Yes. I've got a son named Jackson. He's seven months old. Okay. Okay. How about formal training? Do you have any formal musical training? Uh, no, I do not. You don't? No. That's interesting because you play so well, and uh, it seems like you know what you're doing on that guitar. How did you learn how to play? Um, I don't really know what I'm doing, actually, <laughs> to tell you the truth. I only know about four chords or five. Um, uh, Dad is a musician. He always had guitars and instruments kind of laying around the house, so I just, you know, would pick him up and strum around and ask him to show me a couple chords, and I learned a few and, you know, played them in different in different orders. <laughs> and apparently God did the rest. He just gave yeah. you the rest, huh? <laughs> um, the song we heard at the top, uh, Cry Beautiful, is mm-hmm. the title track in your latest CD. Yeah. Beautiful name. How did that all come about? Uh, Cry Beautiful is uh, actually a song that I wrote that was coming out of a devotional time. Um, that one was written on the piano. And uh, it was just one of those moments where you're just completely amazed um, by God, his forgiveness, who he is. Um, but it's a, it's a very simple song, only has, you know, a couple lines. But the, the chorus is, I fall on my face and I cry beautiful. And uh, it's talking about him. So God gave you that in your devotion. Yes. But when I listen to you sing, you sing with such spirit and such depth. It seems like a lot of your songs come from personal experiences. Um, yeah, all of them do, actually. Um, you know, I definitely write from experience, but also from, I think, 
what goes on inside with a lot of people. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are searching or have questions or just um, their experiences, conversations that they have with God. Just, you know, everything that I write is is uh, definitely from my experiences in, in conversations with God. Or Now, is there a process in that? Or that is to say, how does it go from start to beginning? Now, I know Cry Beautiful came in your devotional period, but um, how does that process of writing happen for you? Uh, to be honest, I don't really have a, a set process. There's mm-hmm. not a way that each song kind of comes. Sometimes I'll just be playing around on guitar and, oh, I kind of like how this, you know, little melody sounds yeah. or... You know, and then you just start to sing a line or you get an idea. And then, you know, other times you'll have like, oh, I, you know, this is a great concept for a song. I'd love to write about something that talks about this because this is something I've been going through or something I've been thinking about. And so it comes about that way. And something you've been going through. Well, you're a PK. You're a preacher's kid, right? And there's the kind of the perception that, I don't know, maybe a pastor's kid or a preacher's kid doesn't go through the normal struggles of a Christian or there's some type of special favor on your life because you are a pastor's kid or a preacher's kid. Is that accurate? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't think being a being a pastor's kid definitely doesn't make you immune to to anything, but um I I grew up in church, saw a lot of um the great sides of church, a lot of the not so great sides of church. So, um I think uh, it has its advantages and its disadvantages. And one of the disadvantages of growing up in church is that sometimes uh, you, what you believe just becomes what you've always been taught. Okay. And it's not really something that is yours. Right. And so you, you kind of have to, I know in my case, you walk away from it in, in order to find it again. Is that what happened so that with you? something real. Yeah. Yeah. You walked away. Did. I did. I became very um, skeptical of church and mm-hmm. became very, very hard towards Christianity and developed my own excuses of why, um, you know, you go through your young period and your rebellious time and you don't want what your mom and dad want for you. But, sure. you know, you kind of leave that and and go and search um, for your own truth. It's a lot of where the songs, you know, especially on the first album came out of that, that period and that time in my life. You ask who I am What have I done for you lately I am the one who died So you can live safely You ask who I am What would it be like to meet me I am Jesus Christ Worth so you could be free.
Somebody save me Thank God I'm free Thank God he brought me From what I used to be And now I'm happy And now I'm free Thank God he took me Made my life This is TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission. Our guest is Kate Conlon. We just heard two different songs, one from the first album and one from the second album. And we were just talking about the contrast in where you were during your first album in writing and where you are in the second album. Could you just uh, tell us a little bit about that? Where were you in the first album and what was the contrast in the second? Okay. Um, Well, there's definitely some big... Uh, differences between the two albums, the the whole process, the recording process, where I was in my life, um, were two very different times. Okay, let's um, talk about where you were in your life first. Right. Where were you? Well, with the first album, um, I was still in college. Uh, a lot of the songs I had written very young, I mean, 15, 16, you know, just, just starting the songwriting process, but it was kind of in that the time in my life when I was wanting to know God. I wanted who he was, but I I still wasn't sure. I was very unsure of my faith of what I believed. And so the album is, uh, I think comes across as a very searching album. There's, there's a lot of songs that are very questioning. Um, a lot of songs that are, uh, almost like a cry. Like you can hear like you you want something but you're not you, i haven't really gotten all the answers you haven't yet. obtained it yet sure. where i where, which is where i was in the first album um the second album with cry beautiful it's it's very different the whole process was different we recorded it in in an apartment um a lot <laughs> really? of them were were a very small budget it was very a lot of them were just one takes live and even though they weren't perfect the feel was there and it, it's kind of where it come full circle and um, found my relationship with God and found it for me, not just because of who mom and dad were or who that, you know, of knowing who I was in Christ and knowing uh, what I wanted my music to be about and uh, who I wanted it to reach and what I wanted it to be for, which was ultimately mission. So it would be accurate to say that the first album was a searching album and the second album, he found you. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. absolutely awesome. Awesome. A lot of variation on this album, Cry Beautiful. Yes. You got a bit of everything. You got some hard rock, acoustics, a little bluegrass in there. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I think it's wonderful that the, the variation is there. It kind of shows that uh, Christians are not in one little box. Is that how you feel about it? Yeah, and I think uh, a lot big reason why it's so varied is because my musical influences are so varied. If you look at my iPod, I've got, you know, you're wondering how many people are listening what to this. Do the variations of, what do you have on your iPod? I mean, everything from the traditional, 
you know, Christian song list you'd think you have, you know, from Chris Tomlin uh-huh. and those types of artists, um, you know, to Bob Dylan. And then you've got, you know, classical on there. And then you've got some Albert King on there and you've no got kid. blues and you've got <laughs> it kind of goes all over the place. So, you know, I hear stuff that I, I really love and, oh, I would love to do something like that, you know, so. I think because my musical tastes are all over the map sometimes, what what I end up writing is But I think it's a wonderful too. thing because it comes through and, and shows us as believers that, hey, we can have some freedom mm-hmm. in Christ. What If I'm Wrong is a deep song. That's yeah. on the Cry Beautiful uh, album. Listen to that last night. I had to listen to it a couple of times. It was so good. Where were you there? Where were you spiritually there, mentally, emotionally? Um, that it's definitely one of, of, uh, of my favorite songs. And what I like to do as a songwriter so much, um, is I'm not necessarily writing for a Christian audience, even though I'm a Christian artist. Hooray. So a lot of what I write is, is hoping that my non-Christian friends and, you know, people who don't know the Lord will listen to, and that's mm-hmm. kind of my hope and that's my target, um, and that's where I write from. So it's kind of as a Christian artist writing for non-Christians, if that makes sense. That makes a perfect sense so, to me. So that, you know, it's kind of breaking down who God is on a very, very simple level and asking the questions that I know that, that so many people are asking because I asked them. Mm-hmm. And then kind of trying to answer that in what I have found through my relationship with, with God, because music is such a powerful medium to do that. So, so And when you wrote What If I'm Wrong, you were thinking along those lines, trying to yeah. uh, reach the non-believer here right because i was looking back um when i was and that was actually one of the questions that i had that brought me um that saved me that actually brought me back to a relationship with god was the question you know i had completely dismissed christianity god i didn't want anything to do with it Mm -hmm. um had gone and and decided i was going to do it on my own and live my own life and which ultimately you know how that story makes you miserable Mm -hmm. and um I, that was the one question that stuck in my mind. That was the first question I had in my mind that actually made me start to turn and realize was, what if I'm wrong? What if actually all of these preconceived notions and everything that I've decided about about who God is, what if this huge wall I've put up against him is wrong? And I know, you know, one of the lines is, what if my whole body uh, was made to sing for you and your whole life was lived for me? Like, what if that? You know, what if that's actually the truth? And I'm just dismissing that. Let's listen to that right now. What If I'm Wrong, from the album Cry Beautiful, Kate Conlon on Music with a Mission. I only see what I believe Not always right, but I'm never naive So keep your fake convictions and contradictions My senses are all I need don't need your spiritual boast or your heavenly ghost or your preachers on TV. Don't believe in sacrifice or a man who died. If he did, it wasn't for me. But today I saw your picture, the cover of a magazine. They say just like any other man but now there's something inside of me what if I'm wrong what if my whole life's been a lie my intelligence made me a fool again pull a wool over my own eyes what if I'm wrong 
This is Musical Demission. Kate Conlon from the CD Cry Beautiful and the song What If I'm Wrong. Very deep song. Awesome, Kate. Awesome. Now, the CD Cry Beautiful is tied to Child Cry, which is a ministry here at Times Square Church, uh, reaching out to the poorest of the poor, uh, the proceeds of which go straight to those in need. Mm-hmm. And I understand you've had some experiences with those who are, in fact, the poorest of the poor. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, I'm actually working in the missions department here at uh, at Times Square Church. Mm-hmm. Um, Child Cry is something that um, I've been involved with uh, as both a worker here and as a volunteer before. Um, and I've had the the opportunity to go to a lot of places and uh, you know where we have missions projects and where child cry has its projects mm-hmm. and actually see um hungry children face to face it's very different than when you see it in pictures also it's a real it's a real human being in front of you it's not a picture on a brochure or an image on a tv screen and uh i know we talked about this a little bit before but um i have a son who's 7 months old mm-hmm. and um you know, Child Cry initially, when I got involved um, and wanted to donate proceeds f- from this album to Child Cry, it really was because this is an incredible thing to do. I mean, this is right, this just is the right, right thing to do. It's the so, right thing to right. do to donate, okay. and we should really get involved, and it's a great cause. Mm-hmm. And and then I had Jackson, and then my entire perspective on being involved with Child Cry drastically changed because um, now it's not just here's a hungry kid who needs to be fed this could be my son yeah. that's there and yeah. you know i one night i remember just hearing him cry mm-hmm. 
in his crib because he was hungry. And the thought of not being able to feed him when he's crying, just, I, I couldn't even handle that thought. And just the thought of that happening, I literally just broke down and cried and just thought like, this is unbelievable. And, and I can't believe that there's so many mothers all over the globe who will hear their kids cry tonight and will not be able to feed them. And this is not just, you know, some child is a concept out there. This is a real human being and it could be your son. It could be my child. So, um, it made being involved with, with being involved with child cry that much more important to me because one day he could be hungry. And what if somebody, um, somewhere else in the world was doing something so he could eat. So the hands-on approach actually it made it real for you. Right. Did you have a chance to minister your music to some of the people who were trying to reach admission? I have, um, not in a formal capacity. Very well, sometimes informally. the best way is informal, no? <laughs> right, right. When you say uh, not in a formal capacity, what, you just grab your guitar? And... Well, I've, yeah, I've just, you know, I've got an old guitar. His name is Old Blue. <laughs> okay. He's <laughs> picked him up for $100 at a pawn shop, and sometimes he'll throw him in, you know, a guitar case and bring it with me when we travel on some of these trips. And, yeah. um, you know, you'll be able to just sit. In wherever you are in a community, in a village, or just start to sing and you'll end up with a group of kids around you or, or people just listening. And it's, it's the best kind of concert, I think. And did you feel <laughs> as though that uh, your music was touching them? Yeah, it's really neat because in some areas, um, obviously the language is not English. So if you get to learn a song in their language, it really impacts them that, you know, it, this is really neat that yeah. they came over and learned a song that we can actually um, understand and relate to. But yeah. sometimes you don't, you don't learn songs before you go. And, and I know, like, as we were talking about before, when God shows up, he shows up in any language. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're just singing and worshiping and you'll open your eyes and somebody's crying who's standing there who, you know, they don't understand what you're saying, but, um, they can just feel, you know, through the songs or through the worship, just the presence of God. And that's really incredible to see, too. It is incredible. It is. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about compromise in okay. music ministry. We're going to talk about your song, Compromise, and uh, a little bit more about where you were in the first album and where you were in the second album. And perhaps we can get you to... Dig a little deeper. We're going to find out a little bit more about Kate Con. I'm going to get you to open up before this show is over. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, this is Music with Uh-oh. a Mission. We're with uh, Kate Conlon from Times Square Church and the, the album Cry Beautiful, beautiful CD. And we'll be right back. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. is and always will be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is, God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God, God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your God accent. is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. And we are back. This is Music with a Mission with our guest, Kate Conlon. And we're talking about her CD, Cry Beautiful, and her music ministry in general. Kate, you already have a great following. A lot of people who like Kate Conlon and love her music, uh, or should I say love Kate Conlon and love her music? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let me give you a what if here. Okay. What if major record label approaches you, says, uh, yeah, Kate, we want to we wanna do some business. We really want to sign you. Uh, we think you're great. But we have a few stipulations here. One, eh, we don't want you to use the name Jesus. And another, yeah, stay away from that Holy Spirit thing that you do. But you know that you have the capability of reaching millions and reaching millions of people with the gospel. What do you do? Well, it's a very good question. Um, I've definitely had um, a similar scenario uh, happen in real life. Oh, we did. um, uh, Was approached by a label, did did uh, work with them for a little while. And the stipulations were a little bit similar to to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, of course, they're looking for for a certain artist and a certain niche to to uh, to fit um, what they're looking for. Um, not which, is, the, which is sales. Right, which is sales, which okay. is not always a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. they're not the big bad wolf. It's, right. it's what they're doing. It's sure. their job. But it's business. It's business. So, and for me, um, music was so much more <laughs> than mm-hmm. business, I guess, at that time. Uh, it still is. And so it was something that, uh, that I had to walk away from. Um, it was a very, very difficult choice um, to do that, but it was something that uh, I knew spiritually I wasn't ready for. I knew just uh, just the nature of the business from the small scratching of the surface that I had from dealing with certain people in the uh, in the Christian music industry right. um, was something I wasn't uh, it wasn't a good fit. I wasn't ready for at that time. So it's difficult to walk away from something like that because the thought of of reaching millions, as you said, the thought of of um, of fame is huge. I mean, yeah. the pull towards that is just you know something that you've got to be. Your relationship with God has to be so grounded that grounded um, is the word, yeah. right? That nothing you know thrown at you can 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 take you off that track. And at that point, I felt like I wasn't uh, grounded enough to be in that position. So. But since you walked away, God has blessed, though, has he? Has he not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like had I gone down that road and signed, um, it could have been a very successful career. Um, you could have reached millions. Um, you know, there's tons of what ifs to think about. I think the direction that music um, took with this album, uh, very intimate, very stripped down, um, very basic. And uh, um, the fact that it is, I was able to use the proceeds towards missions and towards Child Cry, which is really what um, really what my heart is for, not just something I say in, in interviews, but really what my heart is for. Mm-hmm. So um, I love it. I love the direction it's going. And, uh, you know, one day if, if the opportunity comes up, would I um, would I entertain it again? It's it's possible, but it would have to be, uh, I think, on 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 my terms and with a lot of, of prayer and consideration. And it, it would have to be something that God would would pop out at you and say, this is the direction I want you to go, or else it wouldn't happen. Sure, no compromise. Right. Uh, you actually wrote a song on your CD called Compromise. Yes. Was it in conjunction with what you just talked about? Yes. Really? The song Compromise okay. is actually written during that time. Mm-hmm. And um, I had realized that if, if there was certain directions I was, I was going to take um, with a major label, there was going to have to be some compromise that at that point... Um, you know, I just really didn't feel 
God wanted me to, to go. I didn't feel that direction was, you know, growing up in church and as a PK, unfortunately, <laughs> you do you do in your life see some hypocrisies and things, not from, yeah. obviously not from mom and dad, but sure. growing up in church and just, you know, you see a lot. Yeah, you see a lot. And that was the one thing I was always, no matter where I'm walking, if I'm not a Christian, I'll say I'm not a Christian. If if I am, I say I will and I'll stand. I will. I refuse to be a hypocrite or ever get on a stage and not you know, represent Christ the way he deserves to be. So good for you. That was something when compromise was written, that was the reason. Well, let's, behind let's it. listen to that right now. <laughs> let's listen to compromise from the album. I keep saying album. You know, it just tells my age. <laughs> I think I still say album. You, really? And I'm in my twenties. So uh, I think, that's okay, okay. 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 <laughs> well, it, it doesn't make me feel that bad <laughs> from the album slash CD cry. Beautiful uh, compromise. Kate Conlon on music with a mission. Hold me down, that won't do you no good I'd walk through fire to get to where I should Standing alone in a room full of fear Your grace, the only thing that keeps me here This bar Inside me has become a raging fire. I've been tried and I've been tested, and it's taken me high. Go ahead, feed me to the wolves. They could not shake me, they could not break me when they thought they. This is Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, and you just heard Compromise from the CD Cry Beautiful with our guest, Kate Conlon. Kate, speaking of compromise and uh, just stepping back a bit, there was a period in your life when you did step back a bit. I promised you before the break that we were going to get into this, so tell us a bit about that. Where, where were you uh, during that period? Well, um, not geographically, just uh, right. <laughs> I was in New York, but uh-huh. uh, we're, you know, there was, of course, that time when you're coming into your teenage years, I think around 12, 13, when you start to question mm-hmm. everything, you question everything your parents tell you to do, you question, um, I think, I think every kid just questions sure, everything, sure. you know, and uh, I really started to question my faith and Christianity in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that point up until, uh, I think it was really around my last year of of uh, college. I went to Penn State. I was a Nittany Lion. But, Were um, you in, in a sorority by any chance? Yes, I was. Ouch. I told you. <laughs> and uh, so I got very much into the the partying lifestyle. Yeah. And it was yeah. just, um, you know, I, I just thought religion was too heavy and there was too many rules and there was, you know, I, God might exist, but under what capacity, I didn't know. So I just decided, oh, boy. you know, live and let live. So you just, you know, being... I loved to party, and that was kind of what got myself into a lot of trouble that way. Um, you know, it sounds so carefree and fun, but um, it's it's definitely 
Uh, you know, for young people who have that draw um, for fun and for partying, the party is not all it's cracked up to be. It's really not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun while it lasts, and it leaves you very, very empty. Yeah, you're, very you're eating broken. gravel after a while. Huh? Right. So, um, you know, went through uh, points where I was the life of the party and everyone thought, you know, and then you'd come home when it's all over and when you're alone, you know, in your apartment or your dorm or whatever. And I would just cry and uh, feel so empty and so alone and so by myself. And um, I remember just being so angry with God and just saying, you know, if you're real and you've got to show me, you have got to show me you're real. You've got to prove it to me. Um, that you're real and that you love me, um, you know, and that you're here. And um, just time and time again, you know, mom and dad gave me a Bible when I went to college, which I refused to open for the first three years. And then you, you were just rebellious. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> and then, wow. Okay. And then, you know, they always say the pastor's kids are always yeah, the worst. Yeah, the worst, I guess right? there's some merit to that. <laughs> but, you know, and then I, I would come home after partying and, and just see this Bible there and just open it and cry. And, you know, th- and God knew, um, he knew the cry of my heart was for him. And, uh, you know, I believe that to this day, he never let me go ever, ever for once. He never, never does. We let him go, me. but he never lets us go. Right. And so I would open the Bible and literally things that I would be thinking about or, or sort of semi praying about or mm-hmm. thinking slash praying about, you know, would be in the Bible and just things like pop right out at you. I mean, scriptures you've memorized your whole life as a kid, but suddenly they made sense and they were alive and, and you just knew that God was there. There were moments that I knew God was in the room with yeah. me, that I knew he was there. His presence was just, you know, and it's some not some spooky, you know, spiritual thing where you saw visions. or But right. you just knew that God loved you mm-hmm. and he was there in spite of. Um, Even at our worst. Yeah. In spite of right your foolishness there. and all the ridiculous things you're out doing. You knew that God never left you, never stopped loving you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really what at some point I had to make a decision. Um you know, you're either going to walk with me or you're not going to. I, I couldn't play the hypocrites game and I yeah. couldn't go back and forth. Had to be so. either or. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was then and this is now. And right. he's given you great victory now. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're you're in a great place, uh, I think. I, I, it's peace and God all over you. What's next for Cade Conlon? God giving you any direction as to where to go next musically? Wow, that's a very good question. Um, well, I've taken a bit of a hiatus ever since uh, the little guy was born. Okay. So, you know, okay. he's seven months old and adjusting to motherhood and um, being pregnant. I couldn't even hold a guitar on my lap for a while. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I had a pretty big belly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I haven't been uh, uh, very heavily involved um Right now, since uh, since child cry, um, I'm sorry, since child cry, <laughs> since cry, there's too many cries. That's all right. That's since all right. Since cry, beautiful came out, but right. um, I'm waiting on God, and it's something that you know. Just the other day, for the first time, I kind of picked up uh, Ben's guitar again. He's also a musician. Um, you know, sitting in the apartment and just started playing some of the songs again, and you know, just just feeling that call to worship and just you know so it's something that's uh open-ended i'm i'm definitely interested in getting involved with music but i am waiting to hear you know to hear from god and where he wants it to go and you just said your husband's a musician too yes so there's a great possibility that god could use you and your husband on a project together absolutely and he knows more than four chords so it's a great combination That sounds really great. I am excited for you. I'm excited for your husband. I'm excited for where God is getting ready to take you. 
Thanks. I just, uh, I, I just have a great feeling about you, Kate Conlon, and I believe that uh, God is going to use you in a great way. What is your favorite song on the CD? And that is the song that we're going to go out with. What, what, what song do you like the most? Wow. Um, hmm. There's definitely a few. We've heard What If I'm Wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one of the songs that's uh, not always so talked about, but it's the last one on the album. It's called Deeper Still. Deeper Still. Yeah, and it's uh, written from a quote from Corey Ten Boom, where okay. she says, there is no pit so deep that you are not deeper still. She wrote it while she was in a uh, uh, concentration camp. And it's just that that quote has always stuck with me, that no matter what you're going through, God is bigger. No matter what pit you're in, he's deeper than whatever you're in. And that was just like, in spite of who we are, we could still still sing to him and cry out that you are holy. So it's, it's, it's a quieter song, but it's definitely, uh, it's one of the one takes we sat and recorded in an apartment while it was raining. We opened up all the windows so you can actually hear, hear the, the rain, rain and the cars honking <laughs> in the background. It is New York, but it's, uh-huh. uh, it's definitely, I have to say from a personal perspective, one of my favorites. So, Deeper Still. Yes, Deeper Still. From the CD Cry Beautiful. Kate Kylan, thank you so much for joining us here on Music with the Mission. Yeah, thank you, Derek. There is no pit That is so deep That you cannot reach are you not deeper still? There is no night There is so That you cannot see, that you cannot hear me. So why come in spite of me? So I am all I was, all I hope to be. To sing holy to the one. This is Music with a Mission, and the song you just heard, Deeper Still, from the CD, Cry Beautiful, written and performed by Kate Cunn. Take joy, my king, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. By the way, we do want to hear what you think about Music with a Mission. We want your tips, hints, and suggestions. Email your comments to music at timesquarechurch.org. 
or check out TSC Music on Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, visit the website, www.tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and special administrative assistance from Jessica Carrasco. Remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Derek Davis. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.